Michigan Liberation is a statewide network of people and organizations organizing to end the criminalization of black families and communities of color in Michigan. We envision a state without mass incarceration, mass policing, and punishment. We envision a state with the best public education in the nation, single-payer health care, and thriving black and brown communities. Here on the Respect the Rules podcast, we will lift up the stories and experiences of those impacted by mass incarceration, collective ties to the criminal legal system, and the frontline efforts to end mass incarceration. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Michigan Liberation's Respect the Roots podcast. Make sure you check us out on Xfinity, Xfinity, my goodness, Comcast, Wild Cable, and various podcast platforms such as iHeartRadio, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Pandora. And also make sure to check us out on social media and My Liberation. Well, today I'm so excited about my guest, Kate Bolton. Hey, Kate. Kate, can you hear me? I can hear you. (laughs) Can you hear me now? Yes. Great. Kate, oh, what can I say? Well, first of all, Kate is in New Mexico, right? But she's from Michigan. She's a Michiganer by heart and everything. Mm -hmm. I had to throw that in because we love our Michigan people because we're based out of Michigan. Exactly. Everybody that's listening or watching. And Kate, I just got to read, you know, your bio and everything. So it's so impressive. Kate Bolton, you're part of Vital Strategy, all right? You're currently the senior legal technical advisor. I got to get that out right. So she's a legal and public health professional as part of Vital Strategy. So we're going to be talking about all of that. Also, you've been supporting overdose prevention efforts in Michigan since like, what, 2019, dealing with drug policy, overdose harm reduction, including strategies to reduce overdose among people impacted by the justice system. So you know, at Michigan Liberation, that's all we do every day, all day, Kate. And prior to Vital Strategies, you worked as a staff attorney at the Center for HIV Law and Policy, and you served with the U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. All right. You have, okay, Kate. Kate has a JD law degree from Harvard Law. We like to throw that out. I mean, she's smart, okay? <laughs> Super intelligent. And her master's of public health from the University of U of M. Oh, you know we love that. Yeah. They, they like the one, wait, after that football game, right? But anyway, we love her because she's from Michigan. But welcome, Kate. Welcome. Thank you. I'm so glad to join you on this podcast. Oh, I'm so glad it's been a long time coming. So for those of you who are just tuning in, I'm talking to Kate Bolton from Vital Strategies. Super intelligent, beautiful with all that, girl <laughs> power, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but we had Dr. Bowers on another episode. So this was just, a, you know, it was meant to be having you on here. And um, I talked to the Tony, the communications person over at Vital Strategies. Shout out to him, shout out to Tony. And um, when we put this together, I was super excited, Kate. So I want to dig, I want to go right hard in the paint right now. If you all don't right. Mind. Yes. yes. We Okay. We're going to be talking today about the overdose crisis. You know what I mean? And I want people to leave with some food for thought, you know, mm-hmm. from this episode. And if we have to do another one, we already are prepared, y'all, because we have so much information to share with you today. At least Kate does. But Kate, I first want to paint this picture of what's going on with this overdose crisis nationally and in Michigan and also in the BIPOC community. And for those of you who don't know, BIPOC is what? Black, Indigenous, 
and people of color. That's right. Okay, I'm gonna let you take the mic and I'm gonna listen, sip some water, coffee, and we're gonna All have right. this convo. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, well, thanks again for having me. Really honored to join you. Um, you've had some great guests leading up to now, so I am um, honored and humbled to join you all. But uh, yeah, for us to understand sort of the moment that we're in, I think we need to understand that we're really in the midst of a public health emergency, right? So mm -hmm. in 2021, over 100,000 people died from overdose. And this was the first time that that had happened. And so wow. at this point, um, drug overdose is like a leading cause of death among Americans 18 to 45. So, you know, we're, we're facing this, this crisis, um, and I think COVID has made it a bit harder. And that's partly because of course people have been more isolated, but also because the services and supports that people need have been disrupted and harder to access. And so uh, the Vital Strategies Overdose Prevention Program uh, is grappling with this in Michigan and elsewhere. And in Michigan, you know, we see similar sort of trends, right? So uh, overdose has been increasing um, for some time in the state. Uh, in 2021, it was over 3,000 people wow. in Michigan that died of overdose. So that's uh, an average of over two people an hour. And so, you know, we really are in the midst of an urgent uh, public health crisis. And we know uh, also that this crisis is disproportionately impacting uh, people of color. So, you know, from 2019, and I know I'm throwing a lot of statistics at you, but 2019 to 2020, overdose rates increased by 44% among Black folks and 39% among Indigenous folks in the U.S. And in Michigan, it's the same. Overdose rates are higher among Black Michiganders. And so it's really critical as we think about how to approach this crisis and how to save people's lives, that we are mindful uh, of those disparities and, and really seek to address them. Wow. So thank you, Kay, for that. So, you know, when we were talking offline, you know, I, you know, we know there's a problem, but I guess we didn't know it was to that degree. You know what I mean? So I'm glad that you kind of gave us the statistics, statistics so we could get an idea. You know what I mean? Of mm -hmm. what's going on here. So it now kind of leads us into talking about who is Vital Strategies? Like, what is your role in the grand scheme of this mm -hmm. overdose crisis? Yeah, absolutely. So Vital Strategies um, is actually a global public health organization. So the organization works in over 70 countries um, to strengthen health systems and implement evidence-based strategies around lots of health issues from uh, road safety to air pollution and health. But the overdose prevention program, uh, which is the program I work in uh, and that we're talking about today, uh, works in the United States and was actually the first uh, domestic program at Vital Strategies to have this US focus. Uh, and so, uh, Overdose Prevention Program, OPP, I'll call it for short, mm -hmm. uh, is the lead uh, implementer um, for the state's work in a Bloomberg Philanthropies funded initiative 
um, to reduce overdose in the U.S. And so we work in Michigan. And like you said, Marjan, I've been working in the state since uh, early 2019. But we also work in uh, Kentucky, Pennsylvania, North Carolina, New Jersey, New Mexico, and Wisconsin. Uh, and so, you know, have work ongoing in sort of geographically diverse uh, areas of the country. Uh, and so um, I do want to give a shout out to the, the, the two colleagues of mine who lead our Michigan efforts, uh, Julie Ron and Esther Mae Rosner. So they've, they've both been uh, brilliant and I'm, I'm grateful that they're leading our overdose prevention efforts in my home state. Oh, we love shout outs, you know, yes, especially when yes. we're trying to do this kind of work, Kate. Now, um, let's break it down even more because I know you talked about you're working on the overdose prevention program aspect of vital strategies. Like, you know, what type of strategies do you support? And like, you know, let's talk about harm reduction. You know, when Dr. Bowers was on, we, we just kind of scratched the surface slightly. Because we hear about that term now so much, harm reduction. And I even had her define it, you know what I mean? Her own definition. But can you go into a little bit, of, tell everybody kind of like some of the strategies and support that have been taking place within VS, Vital Strategy. With that. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, it's helpful to kind of talk through harm reduction because yes. you do hear it more and more. And you also hear it uh, appropriated um, by you know stakeholders in the criminal legal system and other spaces and so it's important that we say what we mean uh, when we talk about harm reduction um, so yeah that is a key um, dimension to our work it's really uh, the north star of the vital strategies overdose prevention program and we want it to guide everything that we do and so the way I think about harm reduction, the way we talk about harm reduction is as meeting people where they are uh, yeah. in a way that is compassionate and non-coercive, non-punitive, uh, in order to reduce some of the negative consequences that can result from drug use. Um, you know, other important aspects of harm reduction are that it is um, person-centered, and honors uh, individual agency and self-determination of people who use drugs. Uh, and part of that is also um, people who use drugs having an active role in um, guiding the kinds of strategies that we use, um, programs, policy strategies sort of across the board. So, um, you know, you hear about this in other kinds of movement spaces, and this is no different, but nothing about us without us, right? Um, some, some examples of harm reduction strategies familiar to, to most folks, um, maybe not most, but many, um, are syringe access programs or uh, needle exchanges, they're often called, and then uh, distribution of naloxone. And naloxone is uh, an overdose antidote, it can reverse the effects of an opioid overdose. Um, and so, you know, we want it to be widely available um, so that people can use it whenever there is a need. Um, another key, uh, oh, sorry, Marjan. Um, yeah, I was like, I'm amazed because 
let me just say real quick, Kate, because like I said, we've in Michigan Liberation, we've been talking about this and even to the Narcan spray, you know, I, mm -hmm. I'm gonna be honest. Can I be honest and transparent with mm -hmm. everybody and you? I had no idea. Like it was mm -hmm. a nasal spray. I thought I was just so out in, in, in La La Land and even took a class on how to use it mm -hmm. and had no clue the effects that, you know, and I love how you said we meet people where they're at. So you, cause a lot of times when people are dealing with addiction or something, whatever it is, Kate, we're so quick to criticize and mm -hmm. to tell people just stop doing it and not really, like you said, have a prevention plan. It's more, the prevention plan is, hey, get off of it, yeah. stop it. Mm -hmm. You know, you stupid, we, we call people all kind of names and think that's gonna help. But mm -hmm. I love how you said that harm reduction, dealing with pe meeting people where they're at and putting things in place, parameters in place to really attack that or, mm -hmm. you know, address it, should I say. So kudos yeah. to you guys for doing that. Yeah, you're absolutely right that, um, you know, stigma doesn't work. It just makes things uh, worse. And we know that insistence on abstinence, or as you said, just just stop is, is also not a solution, right? And so, um, yeah, harm reduction is about taking a person-centered, um, holistic approach and, um, you know, pursuing all of the different types of strategies that flow from that. Um, and I just wanted to mention too, you know, we've, we've talked about the disproportionate impact of the overdose crisis on BIPOC folks. Um, just that a racial equity approach is also uh, essential to how we work. So, you know, we know that, uh, this nation's drug policies have had, um, you know, enormous harm for communities of color. Uh, and a huge part of that, which I know we're going to talk about more, is the way in which criminalization um, has historically uh, functioned and continues to function as a way of um, fostering discrimination and oppression. Uh, and so, you know, we have to keep that in mind because it's foundational to the work that we do and how we do it. Wow. So Kate, I know you talked about, you know, you've been working with all these different states and you know we we you know we definitely want to talk about Michigan since you know we're based out of Michigan, Michigan Liberation. Um some of the projects from the past four years, and I can't believe it's been four years, wow, you know, that you've been working on. Now, mm -hmm. I know you, and I, I don't know if you can go specific, like anything specific that you've been working on in Michigan. Yeah, of course. Um, I, I have a few examples I'd love to talk about. So one of the examples is um, this amazing communications campaign uh, called Change at Your Own Pace that we did in partnership with the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services or MDHHS. And so this is a campaign from last year uh, that features, um, you know, real Michiganders telling their real stories. Um, and uh, it also includes information about how you can access um, harm reduction resources. And so this is a great campaign that you can see uh, on the MDHHS website, but also Facebook and Instagram. So I really encourage uh, listeners or viewers to, to check it out. Um, another couple of projects I wanted to highlight are um, partnerships with the Ruth Ellis Center 
and with Answer Detroit. So uh, Ruth Ellis Center is a Detroit area organization focusing on the, the needs of LGBTQ youth. And so there we're trying to support, um, they're building out sort of capacity for harm reduction in a way that is tailored um, to their community and, and the folks that they serve. Uh, Answer Detroit is a sex worker advocacy collective uh, and there we'll be supporting some uh, needs assessment activities as well as some outreach and education. Uh, you know, we're also funding Harm Reduction Michigan to install uh, naloxone boxes across different locations throughout the state. And um, I also want to mention uh, we're exploring um, opportunities to fund and support a non-police crisis response. And I wanted to raise that because, you know, it, it touches on the care not criminalization work and um, part of that agenda. And so, you know, that's just a, a small smattering of, of examples of what is, you know, years of, of work and many, many projects and partnerships. Wow, Casey. You're just joining us. I am talking to Kate Bolton. He is the Senior Legal Technical Advisor at Vital Strategies Overdose Prevention Program. Now, Kate, I got to tell you a quick little story. Just yesterday, I was at a training and I said, wait till I tell Kate about this on the podcast. There was a lady, young lady that came into the training and came up to one of my colleagues and was like, hey, I need like two boxes of Narcan. You know, and I was like, Wow. You know, because we have been, that's been something we kind of just took for granted. We started that, that was something. And, 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 and luckily, I mean, we had that readily available because she says, I know people, like you said, going back to meeting people where they're at, we, we kind of stop ignoring the fact that people are going to be where they are, you know, doing what they do. And it was just amazing that we were able to, you know, assist her, even though this was a total different um, training on bailouts, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Another aspect of our, you know, organization, but she was like, I, I see people all the time. They're walking from these group homes and they're in need. They're, 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 they're suffering from drugs and this and that. And, and some of them have overdosed. And I, she said, I, you know, I'm a returning citizen. I'm gonna be honest. I know these people, they, they feel comfortable around me and I need two boxes of Narcan. And we're like, boom, here you go. And I think that's kind of like it summarizes what you just kind of said, Kate. We got to meet people where we're at and get these, you know, prevention programs in place. Even it's like people taking Narcan boxes out to the communities. I love that. Yes. You know what I'm saying? We, mm -hmm. We're starting to see that. Like one guy was like, hey, there's one on, you know, such and such, six mile and such and such. You know, mm -hmm. if you if we, if we need more. And she's like, oh, I didn't know that. Knowledge is, is power. So that kind of leads us, Kate, into... You know, talking about care not criminalization, which is a campaign that we started through Michigan Liberation, and how you know I was kind of there when you when you you know meeting you and the team, Vital Strategies, and just want to know like why did Vital Strategies support care not criminalization? Just kind of tell us a little bit about that partnership. Absolutely, I mean, just in the most general terms, there's real alignment, I think, and our philosophies and the, the approaches we wanna be taking in terms of, um, you know, really driving for policies and strategies that are community informed and community driven. And 
you know, as you said, um, a huge focus of your organization is the harms of criminalization, uh, especially for black and brown families. And so, you know, there was that real kind of synergy um, from the very outset. Um, and, you know, I think on that point, um, we wanted to partner with uh, Michigan Liberation on Care Not Crim because the reality is that our response to drug use and people who use drugs is still largely anchored in a war on drugs frame uh, that we've been stuck in for the last five decades. You know, there's been sure some recent progress, but we still are seeing drug use um, and overdose addressed through a punishment and incarceration lens rather than a health and support lens. Uh, and so we know that um, interaction with the criminal legal system from arrest to incarceration to the reentry uh, process and, and returning to your community from incarceration all you know, can intensify vulnerability to overdose, make people more in danger. Um, and so you know, that's in addition to all of the social and economic impacts that we know flow from criminalization, um, the stigma of a criminal record, all of the consequences for employment, public benefits, you know, much more. So, uh, you know, we um, wanted to support the campaign because of the need to address this head on and address it head on in a way that is informed by community. And of course, the, the Care Not Crim campaign was um, based on listening sessions, stakeholder engagement, one-on-ones that Michigan Live um, led throughout the summer of 2021 um, in Wayne, Oakland and Kalamazoo counties. And so, um, you know, we can talk more about the agenda maybe if we have time, but um, it was an incredibly exciting project uh, and one that I love to talk about, um, yeah. both because, oh. yeah. Go ahead, go, the floor <laughs> is yours. We've got enough time. We've got, a, we got enough, more than enough time to talk about that because I think it's important. And then, because Kate, I also want to talk about how, how the community, community engagement, you know, how mm -hmm. do we get, because guess what? We have people who come up to us. I know you do. I know I do. Who mm -hmm. ask, how do I get involved? Like maybe they don't have, they don't know anybody directly involved in, you know, this, you know, crisis, but they want to get involved to some degree, whether it's doing volunteering, passing out stuff, you know? So we got a little bit of, we can touch a little bit on it. You know what I mean? We don't have a whole lot of time, but let's, we got about five minutes to kind of mm -hmm. touch on it. Then we can do it in another part two. How's that sound? That sounds good. <laughs> okay. Sounds so great. Yeah. I mean, I think um, you want to, you know, create as many pathways as possible for people to get involved in ways that make sense for them. And, um, you know, I think Michigan Liberation is, of course, you know, expert uh, on how to do that because of all of the the successful campaigns that you've mounted around around different issues. Um, I think, you know, we see it as essential as well, which is why Vital Strategies has supported, you know, um, 
drug user unions and other strategies to really um, build collective power of people impacted by the war on drugs um, and other you know, harmful responses to drug use and overdose. And, you know, um, trying to give people the tools and the space to voice their own needs and priorities and, you know, have that guide policymakers, uh, organizations like ours that are funders and implementers. Uh, and so, it, you know, the importance of that community engagement and mobilization can't be uh, overstated critical. Wow. Wow. So, so much, so much work to be done so much, you know, it has been done, which is good, mm -hmm. you know, and, you know, we know already, um, Kate, we're going to go do a part two. So you, everyone, please make sure you tune into part two, where we go into an in-depth conversation about continuing to engage, you know, and mobilizing these communities, you know, Okay, we gotta we gotta make it plain. You know, people are missing it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And this is becoming a problem. That's why it's a crisis. You know, we yeah. a lot of people I find in this line of work, especially when it deals with the criminal justice system, or lack of knowledge, don't have that care, mm -hmm. that support, and so forth. And you know, so hey, if you just join us, you missed out on some good you know, conversation or Kate was schooling us, you know, part two, we'll maybe do some more conversation piece, but Kate, you know, you got to stay on. We got to do part two. That's just how we do here in Michigan Liberation. That's what we love about this podcast platform that we allow our guests to come in, say what they got to say, and then come back for some more and give mm -hmm. us some more, you know, because we have to talk about this topic, you know, and so forth. And I tell people sometimes when we're interviewed by the media, we only get we we may interview for thirty minutes, but only get five minutes of what was said. Right. You know what I mean, Kate. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited about part two. This is part one, everybody. And hey, here's the thing, Kate. Before we go into part two, is there anything that you want to just say that relates to again, like you know, food for thought that you went over? You know, anything with the statistics? We can go back over that in part two, but anything like i'm just i don't know you said a lot of good information i like the fact you said meet people where they're at but just what are, what's something you want somebody to take away from this episode uh you know i think the importance of um people power in terms of turning it around and how we respond to the crisis that we're in crisis of overdose you know we we saw Oregon voters vote to decriminalize drug possession in 2020. Lots of other exciting developments in drug policy, even as we continue to grapple with criminalization. And so, uh, you know, that is what I would want people to take away from this conversation. Um, just the real room for progress with, you know, our advocacy and our voices. Awesome. Hey, I knew you could come through. I knew you could come through. So thank you everybody for tuning in to this part one, um, talking with Kate Bolton from Vital Strategies. Make sure you tune in part two. And until then, remember to what? Respect the roots. Until next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.
Michigan Liberation Education Fund, C3, conducts grassroots organizing, leadership development, and civic engagement activities. Michigan Liberation C4 and Michigan Liberation Action Fund, IE, are sister organizations.